out with sickness and some other stuff for the frame. Um, you halfway joke about it, but it's a series, uh, a series of appointments where they uh, already shut down a number of schools in the area, including school right here in this county. And so we're uh, praying for those that are already wrestling with sickness and those that are um, who have weak immune systems and are really susceptible to flus and other other elements of that sort. So. We're going to uh, continue to be in prayer for so many. We even have a few here that are wrestling strep throat and, and uh, flu and the other stuff. And so we're going to continue to be in prayer for one another. And also, we understand on a global, a global uh, range, uh, we have a lot going on with the virus as well. And so uh, we understand the seriousness of that. So with that being said, we're going to look at Philippians 2, 12 through 18. Uh, this day, to be a little real. I will open up in prayer and then we'll go we'll go from there. Let us let us pray. Father our God, we bow. We bow right now. Just just thank you, Father God, for all that you continue to do in the life of your people. We're praying that as we continue to press forward, Father God, we be obedient. Forgive us, Father God, and we've allowed things to, to get into the way of worship and get into the way of studying your word. We're praying as a church that we can be obedient to what you have yes. for us. And so as we uh, dive into this lesson, and we pray, and we pray that the word of our hearts, the word of our minds, and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. We're praying, even now as we study this, Father God, as we and for those that are here in person, <coughs> and for those that join us online. In the Bible, in Jesus' name, we ask all this. Amen. Amen. Again, we'll, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, we're going to take a look at Philippians. Uh, this is one a study that uh, many are are familiar with. We need to come up. Uh, it's one that, that many are all familiar with. We've, we've been studying this now. We've preached out of it a couple of times. Uh, we've been studying for a couple of weeks. Uh, good to have you. Good to have you, my friend. Um, and so, background real quick. We've got, we've got a few folks. I, I trust we've got some, some folks that join us for the first time online as well. Give you the background of Philippians. Um, we've got Paul, right? Where's Paul at? Where's he writing this letter from? He's writing that letter from prison. All right? Uh, he had, uh, a couple years before, he had visited this area. Mm -hmm. All right? What was what were some of the things that happened while he was there? Remember what happened? That is when he, what, when you had the jail experience, right? Paul and who? Salas. So he was in prison. He also had the experience um, when he, uh, a young lady. Um, in fact, that's why he was thrown in prison. Right, he, 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 he messed with their economy, if you will. And so he had some struggles in that area, but it's whatever he thought about the Christians in that area, he, he, he had a smile on his face, right? Mm -hmm. When you talk about the theme of this, one word, if you had to come up with a theme of Philippians, it's what? Joy. Yeah, joy. And, and what some of us, if we're honest, we wrestle with joy. When you talk about joy, joy is based upon what? Your relationship. And it's not based upon happenstance, right? It's not based upon being happy. Because if it's based upon being happy and happenstance, then it's based upon 
from the circumstances. And if anybody's giving us a good object lesson on why you don't base it on circumstances, it's Paul right here, who writes this letter, this letter of joy, from a Roman, a Roman prison. With what? Guards beside 24 7. Alright. So let's, uh, let's kind of feel, feel this thing back. We're going to continue to look at um, this idea of Christian living. Uh, we talked about it last week when you. Who? We use Christ as an example, right? We use this idea of humility. Now we're going to look at another one or two case examples. Uh, this idea of Christian living. So again, the key theme is the joy of the Lord. The key verse, and I know in your, your Bible may be a little different, but the key verse, Philippians 3 and 1, we're going to continue to talk about that submissive mind. Right, and whenever we talk about submissive uh, in 2020, from a world standpoint, that's not a that's not a positive word, right? We think of we think of weakness. All right, but when, when Paul talks about a submissive mind, he's talking about a mind that has stayed, a mind that has stayed on Christ and falls under Christ, Christ's rule. That's an idea of that submissive, of that submissive mind. It takes power from within to live a Christ-like life. Paul sets a divine pattern with a submissive mind. And again, we're going to take a look at 12 through 18. What I've tried to do, or 12 through 30, the first part, 12 through 18. Let me go ahead and read 12 and 18 in its entirety because I'm trying to do a better job of, of allowing you to see uh, the full scriptures, if you will. So 12 through 18. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. I'm reading the King James Version. 16. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. 17. Yes, if and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering or the sacrifice in the service of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with, with me. So, again, let's look at this idea. We're looking at the ins and the outs of Christian living. The ins and the outs of Christian living. It takes power from within to live a Christ-like life. That's a powerful statement. We could almost talk about that for the next, next 45 minutes. Who has tried to live a Christ-like life? Um, outside of the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me. Who has tried to change? Who has tried to change some maybe a, a, a pattern in life that you know was a wrong pattern, but you didn't do it in the power of the Holy Spirit? Okay, let me. Who has wrestled with an addiction and you tried everything in the world to deal with that addiction? 
except the transformation on the inside. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work, does it? No. Most of the time, it, it, it fails almost immediately. Yes. You find yourself doing almost almost immediately. Yeah. When you when you try to do it um, outside outside the, the Holy Spirit outside, I don't even want to say the will of God, but you try to do it with an external external pressure. Let me put it this way. Who in the world has changed their way by somebody just sitting there yelling at them? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't change anything. So again, this idea that it takes power from within to live a Christ-like life. Paul set the divine pattern with a submissive mind. Alright, so keep that in mind that what Paul is doing, he's walking us through this idea of a submissive mind. What does a submissive mind look like? The power to accomplish what God has commanded is by his work in us. That's what we talked about all through Romans, right? That it was that spirit within us that enabled that change. I'll go ahead to the next slide. Incarnation versus imitation. Alright? Christ lives in us. That's Galatians 2 and 20. Incarnation. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Thank you. Thank you. So incarnation versus imitation. Again, when we talk about, um, when we talk about, and I, and, I, and I love the idea, and Paul does as well, so it's not anti-scripture, but if we're going to have a transformation, eventually it's going to have to be individuals. Parts change. You absolutely have to have a desire to change. Oh, absolutely. Um, that's why, look, and, and I'm reading a great book right now by Anthony Charles, but he's talking about um, how a lot of people follow personalities. You know, you have, you have a lot of churches, and I'm not after any large situation, but you have churches where folks are there for personalities. Nothing wrong with an eloquent preacher, nothing wrong with a, a, a preacher, you, you better know what he's doing. Right? Nothing wrong with that. But if you're following a personality, you're off. You're off. Well, we need we need transformation. And and, and what H.P. Charles is talking about, the only way that comes, that comes by the study of the word and prayer. That's why we need to talk about the importance of prayer right here at Cedar Top. Whenever we talk about the prayer hour, it's got to be the most serious. Period that we have. That's how you grow. Mm -hmm. See, if we just come here every uh, three, four times a week and, and look, there's nothing wrong. I, I love coming around and love coming around, nothing wrong with that. But if, if we're not talking about transforming the heart, if we're not if we're not talking about growing in Christendom, then we just need to take two top off of it and put whatever we want to on there. The Romney Club or whatever. <laughs> when we talk about transformation, we're talking about a work from within. God works in, we work out. Mm -hmm. Alright? So, so what does that look like? You can't tell me that, that, that if you've got a submissive mind, you're growing in Christendom. And, and, and I don't see the change in the light around you. See the change. No, not going. 
Well, what, what this has become, this has become an exercise. And that's that's why you have um, some folks in the church, not here at Super Time, but you have some folks, you have some folks in the church that 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 um, whenever they have a problem or something, they've got to let you know you Because and, and we've had a, we did a real good study on our wheel, Thomas Rayner. We talked about our wheel. We talked about how a lot of us use the church as a health club and a, and a country club. And so if, if it's got elements, and, and I understand that Lord moves folks to, to, to branch it to, to houses and stuff like that, but, but we've got some folks that, that, that every time something goes wrong, they've got a they got an issue with it. So again, what the church has become, it's become an exercise for them. Instead of, uh, instead of an element of change. So God works in and we work out. So there's got to be, there's got to be evidence that we're in this world. It's got to be ev- prayer meetings has to make a change. Mm-hmm. Our study of the word coming in every Wednesday. And look, we all we, we're doing let's be honest. We don't come here just to come here. We're just doing it just for exercising. We can all stay home. We got stuff to do. But we're coming here for a reason. And that's the problem. The world sees again that this stuff is not making a difference. They watch us. They know. They know someone something been coming here and I, what we do there ain't nobody perfect, but they know this all so showing up the same place and been showing up for 30, 40 years spending that same ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so if they don't see the transformation in us, why, why should they come here? Right. This this invite is cultivated by a response to God's divine provisions made available to us. Again, we talked about it again in Romans, but the Holy Spirit. What the gift avenue? What it gives us? We keep forgetting that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the grave is the same Spirit that resides in us. Let's look at this. There is purpose to achieve. Working out your own salvation is not working. For your salvation. Again, let's 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 make sure that we understand this. <coughs> this is the key verse. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now, much more my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good, for his good pleasure. Let's make sure again that we're we're scripturally sound. You cannot work your way into heaven. Alright? If you're working your way into heaven, you've missed it. There has to be a transformation of the inner person. Alright? We talked about it. We talked about we talked about grace, that unmerited favor, right? There's no one we can earn. Let's make sure again that, that we're, we've got some folks here. We're dealing with a perfect God. Alright? And so, when you're talking about a perfect God, the only way you can come into, into a perfect God's presence is you have to have no blemishes. Right? That was the idea of the Old Testament sacrifices where you had the, the uh, unblemished lamb and, and all that. That's that idea that you have to have a perfect sacrifice. You have to come to the Lord perfect. 
you mess that up, they they have. <laughs> I messed that up too. And so then that's when we talk about the power of the cross. That's why you have to understand that that's a gift. Alright? That's why you can't work your way through it. I can't work my way through it. That doesn't mean that we don't work in the church. But we work in the church because of what have already taken place in the heart. We don't go up there and sing trying to get trying to get uh, uh, a better spot in the book. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's already there. You did that? Perfectly. Perfect right? So we, to work out your own salvation is not working for your salvation. It almost points to working to a full completion. Ruby does a fantastic job of that. It talks about a math problem. Right? And in math class, to get full credit, you got to do what? You got to work it all the way through. Hard math teachers, they wouldn't give you credit for nothing. Now, you got some of the easy ones, they you get your name on there and, and try it, they'll give you a few points. But some of the real math teachers, the old school math teachers, you had to work at the end. You had to show. Work. You had to show it to work. You could just come up, come up with the answer. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so God calls us, so what are we working towards? We're working towards a Christ-likeness. We're not working towards uh, trying to be the best, uh, uh, trying to be uh, Mr. and Mrs. Secretop in 2020. <laughs> All right? We're working towards a Christ-likeness. So we are to work out our own Christian life and God's purpose <coughs> for our life. That's why, again, I started out with this with this imitation um, verse, the incarnation. All right, we're talking about the incarnation. We're talking about the Holy Spirit within us. When we talk about imitation, it's me trying to be like the pastor down the street. I'm not trying to get. And 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 look, that, it doesn't mean that we don't have people that that we you know emulate and, and and you know follow the fantastic example for a team. You know, so it doesn't mean that you don't have people that you that are the mentors per se. When we talk about Christian growth, that working out your Salvation, that's working out God's plans for you. Now, Ephesians 2 10, can you get oh, that, Miss Jackie? I, I forgot to put that one on there, but I got okay. it. I got it. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, you're okay. You're okay. So, see Philippians 14 and 15 with the life of the believer, and I won't get into this Christian living, is contrasted. With the world, right? We talked about that. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. All right, we've got this idea that, in fact, I don't know what the light looks like out there, but uh, if it's a clear night, what should, what should we see? Stars. There should be a contrast. We should be able to look at that in a clear night. We should be able to look at all that darkness. We should be something, see something shine. We're talking about a perverse generation. We're talking about a quick world, right? We should be standing out. The problem with many of us is we blend in with the quickness. We blend in with the perverse generation. 
Paul is saying, no, 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 no. There's a, there's a change that is taking place. Because repentance is not walking. Not looking. We, we, we thank God, and, and, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not going to be any of us in the world. I don't care, I don't care if that's your favorite auntie or favorite uncle or whatever. That's not gonna get that's not gonna get you into it. Take that picture right there. That's not gonna get any of us. Your hill specker, that may get you with the bill. <laughs> so the life of the believer is contrasted with the world. Again, Paul, let's let's look, let's make sure that we're understanding scripture in real time. Okay? We talked about it last week that it's a real struggle. Mm-hmm. Right? We're talking about we're talking about Christians in a society where really, you know, I'm almost gonna say a time where they're not being accepted. Really, you're talking about where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. I mean we're we're at a point now where depending on what circles you are in, if you speak up on your convictions, it's gonna cost you. Mm-hmm. I heard Dr. John Piper one time say um, that it, it very soon that a, a preacher, a man of God, a preacher, if he keeps preaching with conviction, in the very near future, he will be arrested at some point in his life right here in America. Mm-hmm. I heard that two, three years ago. And as we keep getting closer, you can see that. I'm looking at that and I'm saying, well, hold on. That's me. <laughs> saying, if you keep preaching the word of God, soon you will be something about the rest of the There's an opposition to the world of God. There's an opposition to the people of God. I've got some close friends and, and, and close friends. And, and sometimes I'll read the social media. And you know it's one thing to be anti against. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'll read and I'll be like, wow, that is a you know, I'm saying man, I can go to church, but dang, y'all, that was a harsh post. Mm-hmm. You know, where's it coming from? <laughs> Well, they not like church, but to, you know. And I'm sitting there saying, what does that mean? See that position. A disdain will for the word of God. You ever been around somebody that really has a disdain for it? We are called to measure our life against God's word. We should become more Christ-like as we encounter the word. The word. Alright, now let's talk about it again. Let's, let's go back to Paul. Paul was a fantastic example. And I said this a couple weeks ago. If you're an enemy of Paul, he's going to frustrate you. Right? You put him in prison, he gets happy. You talk about beating him, he gets closer to the Lord. But the same thing about about us. When we have the more opposition we have, that should be, and we talked about the end of the the, uh, lesson last week, that's a sign that we're actually in the will of God. If, look, if you don't have any, and I'm not talking about some of the stuff you bring myself, but if you're doing the work the work of the Lord, you don't have any resistance, you take a look at something. There should, there should and there will be some resistance when you're talking about doing the work of the Christ. So Paul said we should become more Christ-like as we encounter the Lord. And we'll talk about how stuff, we'll talk about how some stuff um, um, actually molds us. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Go ahead. There's a power to receive. God works in us before he can work through us. Think about that. God works in us 
before he can work through us. All right, I gave you a few examples where we, the Bible, the scriptures, just got all the Think about Moses. Moses was on the backside of that desert for how long? How many years was that? Is that 40? 40 years. On the backside of the desert. You know, you're talking about David. David went to prison. Or, no, 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 no. Uh, Joseph. Joseph went to prison. Uh, he went to, uh, he actually did what? Potiphar. He was actually doing good stuff and ended up in, 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 in prison. You talk about David. The struggle with David. Look, David's own father, when they talked about, when they talked about who, who, who you got that can, that can do this, who did he bring out? Everybody but him. You talk about even his, his own life. Look, how was he molded? David had some real problems, right? Bathsheba, some of those struggles. So think about how the Lord was literally working within. And even after being king, you still see some struggle with David, right? What's that? Joseph? Yeah. So God works in us before he can work through us. Listen, look at this quote. I'm going to use it one day. If the workman is what he should be, the work will be what it should be. Mm. Think about why some of our ministries are not doing the way they should be doing. Don't think about the other person's ministry. Think about your ministry. Think about my ministry. If the workman is what he should be, the work will be what it should be. We must obey God from or must obey God from power from within, not pressure from without. We already talked about that. It's impossible to obey the word of God from without. Right? It's gotta be something. Look, again, let's talk about all and most of us have been in church all life. But think about that transformation. You could have had some folks that were that, that encouraged you, there's nothing wrong with that. But it truly had to be a change of heart. I mean, think about my own life, and, and I'm talking about Ezra, I ain't talking about the ministry, I'm talking about as in the ministry. But there had to be a change of heart for me. As long as I could hide it from you all and still preach, I'm cool with it. The Lord said, no, 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 that's got to be. Go ahead. There's a power, there's a power to receive. Again, we're talking about the power to, to the action that we receive. To make that transformation. God provides, provides the tools to work in our lives. This is, this is a good one right here. He provides the tools to work in our lives. We see the what? The word of God. What's the word of God? Scripture, right? Prayer. Talk about it. We're going to talk about it more here, right? And we're going to talk about suffering. These are the tools that the Lord uses to transform us. Alright? Go ahead. Let's first look at the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2 and 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the Word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the Word of men, but as it is in the truth. The Word of God, which also effectively works in you, who believes. We have to believe, thank you, Jackie, we have to believe that this is the Word of God. If this is not the word of God, all right, if this is not the infallible word of God, we're in trouble. If 
you don't believe that, then you're going to have a problem understanding God. There are a lot of good books out there. But if you don't believe this is the this is the best book, you're going to struggle. You're going to, you're going to struggle with this. So God releases his divine energy in our lives through his word. I, I was sitting there thinking about that today while I was kind of putting some bullets together. And I was thinking about, but who has literally and, and, and I'm not I'm not looking for any charismatic movement or anything like that. But who has literally read the word of God and you got up out of your seat off your knees better than when you went down? Mm -hmm. I'm serious. <coughs> who has actually had a, a, a situation where the word of God literally gives energy? Mm -hmm. Literally speaks to that inner person. We must appreciate the word as being inspired. We must appropriate the word, meaning receive it and make it part of us. So it's one thing to believe that the word, or that the scripture is the word of God. It's another thing to do what? To apply it. So we must apply the word and then act on it. All right, again, this could be a great exercise. We're just talking about that we're going to, you know, have our Bibles one time a week, maybe twice a week, and, and be done with it, and then it becomes a nice little doorstop. But we don't go that That's why I said a couple weeks ago, uh, and I'm not going to go say you're going to make it better. You better be praying for 14 hours a day. That's the only way you're going to make it. But what I'm saying is that there should be more growth. I got what, six months ago? There should be, you should, your, your prayer life should be a little bit, and not because of me. It's because you've been serious about your growth. Right. And if we're not serious about our growth, then we're not going to expect change. Faith in God's promises releases God's power. Think about that. That's when you're reading the word of God and you're believing what it's saying. You're believing that it says, that it says you know what, all things work together. Good for those that love the Lord and call according to his purpose. Yes. And so then while things are going crazy around, you're looking at that and saying, God promised me that. I know I'm going to a child of God, so this right here is going to work out some way for me. Mm -hmm. There's a confidence in that. You've watched them do it before. You've watched them do it in, in folks' lives around you. You've watched them do it in your own life. And so you sit right there going, and it's, it's hell right now. It's all kind of mess. Mm -hmm. You're going to do something with this. And it's going to be for his glory. Yes. Go ahead, go ahead. So there's a power again to receive. Prayer. Let's talk about our prayer lives now. Ephesians 3 and 20. Go ahead. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all things we ask or think according to the power that works in us. We thank you, Ms. Jackie. We have not because we now, let's make sure that we understand our, our prayers. Because many of us, our prayers are not really prayers. But Dr. Peoples told me this a long time ago. I learned it after. He said, he said, prayer is is thinking the thoughts of God. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. I had a minister a couple years ago who gave me a book. He talked about praying the Psalms. Mm -hmm. 
So it, it, it teaches you how to really go through the book of Psalms and pray about it. See, a lot of us, our prayer is, Lord, I need this converted.
A lot of us are not being used the capacity that God would have for us because we don't talk to God. Our, our power source is in everything but God. And that's a problem. Look, you can complete it real quick. That's the power. That's really that's the power of addiction. Think about addiction. If we need to keep it high, what do you have to do? You have to get that get more. I don't care what it is. Food, sex, drugs, alcohol, you've got to get more to keep that thing going. There is power to receive. And so we also have uh, that uh, uh, the Lord uses um, suffering as a tool to build us. Think about this question. How are we empowered to serve him through our trials? Think about that. Now, let's get personal. Think about in your own life how you've grown closer to the Lord through problems, through struggles. But I really didn't even, I tried my best. I, I've got decent book knowledge. I was able to read. But I didn't come a halfway. I'm, I'm not, I, I got a lot of books. I didn't come a halfway decent preacher until my father came. I'm in some real problems. And I couldn't depend on degrees. I couldn't depend on who my pastor was. I couldn't depend on this, who my daddy was, who my mom was. No, no, no. I was in real problems. And I learned that I had to go down with the Lord. It had to be some tough nights and some tough mornings. It had to be some stuff that I sweated through. It had to be some stuff that I wrestled with. And I had to learn some stuff for myself. That's that stuff. That's, that's what Paul is. That's what Paul was talking about. He said, even if you kill him, okay. As long as I'm suffering, as long as I'm struggling, let's keep us. The Spirit works in us for those that suffer for his glory. Alright? Keep that in mind now. Now what we've got a bad habit in the in the church is and, and, and we want folks to know that we're struggling and and folks are wearing us out, and the devil's after us, and Satan's after us, and, and what we're doing is not, it's not, it's not in Christ. Um, give me First Peter four twelve through nineteen. Just a little bit of that. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. And when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Thank you. Thank you, sister. And Paul, Paul is looking at this thing. And the first thing we're going to do, we're going to do a study on That's a good, that's a good one right there. You understand all that's going through, going on at that time of persecution. You cannot read the Bible in a vacuum. You've got to know what was going on right then. That makes the words jump off the page. Okay? And Peter was writing to some folks that were really being persecuted and struggling. He's saying, this persecution is for Christ. Don't think it's an odd thing. Look, it's a, um, sometimes when, when folks come to you, they come to me, and, and I've got to be careful because I do it sometimes as well. When folks come to me and say, you know what, it worked. Uh, uh, nothing go right. They don't treat me right. I'm sitting there looking at them saying, what do you expect? Yes. <laughs> but what do you expect? Do you look? Some stuff going on right in this guitar. What do we expect? You think Satan is going to let some stuff just go without a fight? Right, right. You 
Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. <laughs> The struggles that we have here, while we're in Christ, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna add to it. There was a, who was that? Is that family name? We talked about no waste time. That she had a quote, and basically, I know that's a hymn, but she had a quote that talked about. Um, the tired feet. They, they used that. I think it was family name. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she was saying, uh, whoever was sad, I think it was family name. But, but she had, during, during the civil rights struggle, she said that there's something greater than I'm pressing towards. Mm-hmm. And so I realize right now that the struggle that I'm in the midst of is for, is for the good. Mm-hmm. And they ain't that See, the future joy is for Christ. In his suffering, even that passage right there, and I don't know if you had that or not, but even that passage right there. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside before every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured. Oh, Even Christ Himself looked at this and said, "No, nah, this is—I ain't dying just to die." He looked at your life, and He looked at my life. Mm-hmm. There's a song that says, "He could not, He would not come down." Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. Enjoy here and now. Alright, so we understand that we understand that there'll be some, some glory benefits. There'll be some heavenly benefits. But we also, because we gotta be careful to find the sky. Alright, we understand, but you've got to understand that that Jesus is real even now. And there's some benefits even now. Joy is present and real that comes through sacrifice. Paul associated the sacrifice of his suffering as a doorway to deeper joy. Think about that. And again, Paul is Paul was an odd, he's an odd bird. Think about that joy that he experienced in the midst of a prison situation. And, and, and many of us, look, for many of us, it's a perspective thing. You know how many people would love to be where we're at right now? And some of the stuff we're worried about, the folks had their problems, they trade everything they had. Paul compares the experience of the sacrifice to that of a priest pouring out a drink offering. Uh, pull up numbers. Ah, uh, no, don't do that. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> and the Lord spoke to Moses, which sure is teaching. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, this is Numbers, and say to them, When you have come to the land, you are to inhabit it, which I am given to you. And you can make an offering by fire to the Lord. Listen to this a burnt offering or a sacrifice to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering or an appointed feast to make a sweet aroma to the Lord from the herd or the flock. Then he who presents his offering to the Lord 
shall bring a grain offering of one tenth of an ephah, ephah of fine flour mixed with one fourth of a pen of oil. And one fourth of a hen wine is a drink offering. There we go. And one fourth of a hen wine is a drink offering. You, should, you shall prepare with the burnt offering or the sacrifice for each lamb. All right, we can, we can stop it right there. So you've got the you've got the burnt offering, right? And then you've got the drink offering. And then what do you have? I'm, I'm not a scientist, but what do you have? Then? You have that smoke. Mm -hmm. You have that smoke going on. So you've got that picture. You've got that picture of that sacrifice. And, and, and Paul is saying the sacrifices that you've done for, uh, for, uh, for those Christians at Philippi, I want to be the you're doing your sacrifice and I want to be that drink offering to pour it out. And a sweet aroma to the Lord. That's that, that's that um, allusion that alluding back to the Old Testament sacrifices. All he's saying, he's saying, I want my life to be such that the Lord be pleased with Paul saw his death as a willing sacrifice and priestly and priestly ministry. Now let's go ahead and finish this up, 19 through 30. And I, I won't read all of that, but I'll read, I'll read some of that. So do me a favor and, and go back and make sure you read that last part. But now we're going to look at some, we're going to look at some examples. Paul basically looks at this, uh, the way that we're really breaks it down, and I, I think he breaks it down well. But he's looking at this and saying, you know what? I've talked about Jesus. I've talked about myself. There's going to be some folks out there that are saying, you know what? I'm never going to be able to live up to Jesus. I ain't going to never be able to live up to the Apostle Paul. And so now what he does, he gives us two examples of quote-unquote regular folks. We're going to see a Prichoditis. We're going to see Timothy. All right? And we're going to see how their lives um, were truly sacrificial. All right? It's really taking away all the excuses for us. See, a lot of times we say, well, you know, so-and-so, we're going to leave that up to pastor. We're going to leave that up to the preacher. Now, I, know, I know I've preached here before. Um, we're the priesthood of all believers. And so if the preacher is the only one in the congregation or in the church that's saved or that, that is called, I said in the last week's sermon, the wrong trouble. We should have pews filled with people that are called for the way. So at Christ was at Christ was paired. Let's let's look at this real quick. In Paul's day, they wrestled with mutual concern for others, just like we we do today, right? Paul mentioned that no one in Rome was willing to go to Philippi. That's it's, it's a lot of what we see right here in their struggles and what we're struggling with we're struggling with today. But I trust. In the Lord, to send Timothy to you shortly, that I may also be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. All right. Paul introduces two ordinary people that exhibited the submissive mind. Go ahead. He starts with Timothy. Timothy developed and cultivated the mind of Christ. When you, when you look at the life of Timothy, it really should encourage us. When they talk about Timothy at the beginning, they talk about what? Him being what? Timothy, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, that, when you think of Timothy, you think of a young preacher, but then, uh, he, he was timid in some areas. And so, and, and so you see the, uh, literally you see his growth, his growth in Christ. So we see the characteristics of a Timothy. We see that he had a servant's mind. He cared for people and was interested in their physical and their spiritual welfare. 
For all who seek their own, not the things which are of Jesus Christ. But you, Timothy, 22, you know his proven character. That as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. See, Paul, Paul literally calls Timothy his son. He had servants training. 22, but you know his proven character. That as a son with his father, he served me in the gospel. Paul allowed Timothy to grow. I put in there a little word root down. And then they talk about um, even in Acts 16 and 2. But let me let me tell you what Paul did. Um, Paul allowed Timothy to grow. He had met Timothy on, on his on his was it first journey. I can look at that. You meet Timothy? Look at his first journey. Put a note on that. I'll double check. But 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 he didn't he didn't come and get him immediately. He allowed him to grow in Derby and in the Lashter area. He allowed him to, to root down. See, a problem with a lot of us as preachers is that we think we're ready right now. And not just preachers, but in a lot of ministries. We think we're, we think we're ready and we're, we're, not, we're ready. And how do I know we're, we're not ready? It's because the first win that comes by, the first struggle that comes by, we're ready to quit. He allowed Timothy to be rooted he allowed Timothy to grow. There was some training there. He had a servant's reward. He understood service and sacrifice. And God rewarded him with serving beside, beside Paul. So these are the characteristics of Timothy and his cultivated mind, if you will, or his mind in Christ. The prophet, the prophet Titus. And Timothy, look, I, I didn't put that in there, but Background on Timothy. He didn't come out of anywhere, right? He had a he had a faithful what? Grandmother? The mother? What's the background on Timothy? Timothy was he was half Gentile. He was Gentile and Jewish. Yeah. So Timothy got a very, very interesting background. So Parphoditis, 25 through 30, and it ends, it ends this uh, section right here. He was a Gentile, he was a Gentile and a member of the Philippian church. He reached Risked his health to carry the missionary offering to Paul in Rome. Let's make sure we understand that. <coughs> Basically, Epaphroditus, he was from Philippi. He's going to take the trip. They had a missionary offering for Paul. They loved Paul that much. And they sent it by way of Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus almost died as a result of the trip. Okay? So that's, that's the picture right there. So again, we're talking about sacrifice. And we see his characteristics. He was a balanced Christian. Yet I considered it necessary to send you to Perpoditis, my brother, fellow worker, and a fellow soldier. But your messenger and the one who ministered to my, to my need. Well, Paul calls him a brother. He calls him a companion in labor and a fellow soldier. He was, he was a burdened Christian. He was concerned about others and offered to come see about Paul, who came of himself. How many of us are burdened Christians? One minute we'll be done. But think about that. How many of us are really burdened by the struggles of those next to us? I mean, it sounds good. We should. Yeah, I don't know if we, I don't know in Christendom, well, in Christ, I don't know how many of us in church really have a burden. I think what we've learned to do is we've learned to make it look like you know, for a I mean, you're supposed to be to give up burdens to the Lord. 
that man in us or woman in us. He's trying to take those burdens on the own. Well, I think what this is, though, let me uh, let me use a different word. I think this what this what this what they mean by burden right here is concern. They're saying that we have a true concern for our sisters and brothers. That's what they're talking about. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, 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 can, I can go. I can go with you. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, there is. Um, there has to be a genuine concern. And what, and what Paul was saying right here, he's saying that God is willing to give of himself to check Sounds good when we give a name to the programs and all that. And as long as the lights are on, most of us are smiling. Some of us ain't smiling when the lights are on. We can do it. But, 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 but how many of us really were doing what we're doing in order to be a blessing? So when you look at Timothy, when you look at the Parthenitis, these are examples. And keep in mind, Paul is writing to believers. These are folks that are already believers in Christ. He's saying, he's saying that I need you to, I need you to. Philippian church is the best picture of a solid church we have, but it's not perfect if they have some devices. All the same, you're going to be the church that you need to be. And you're going to have to understand the true sacrifice and true service. Any questions? Make sense? Okay, we'll look at the first part of Philippians 3 next week. God, again, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you, Father God, that you just continue to work in us, Father God. And so you called us to work it out. Praying even now that we can be obedient, Father God, to that which you called us. We're praying for all those that are here this evening. We pray for those that have on their hearts and minds to be here for whatever reason they're not. Father God, we're praying as a church that we can, we can take this seriously, Father God. Be about the Father's business, and it truly be a time uh, closer than what we would like for many of us that, uh, that we're not going to be able to work it all on this side. And so we're just praying that while we have this time, and uh, we have this breath in our body, that we can do what you call us to do. Bless Secret Top and all that she does, Bless uh, each ministry uh, that's under the roof of Secret Top, and we're praying that we can do. This is the son of Jesus' name, we ask all this. Thank you all. I appreciate it.